Welcome to the 100 Master Coaches series featuring master coaches from around the world. Let's journey together on this 100 Master Coaches series with your host, Coach Mel, MCC. Ladat Turai is a master certified coach with more than 20 years of international work experience in profit, non-profit organizations, and academic settings. She's an enabler, a supporter, and also a challenger. Her coaching is a thought-provoking and co-creative process, helping her clients access deeper ways of thinking and sustainable business results. Now on to the show. Hello, hello, and welcome to the 100 Master Coaches Show. This is Coach Mal, and today, my special guest is from Lithuania. Her name is Leda Durai. So please give her a warm welcome. Welcome to the show, Leda. Thank you very much. And the abbreviation of Lithuania is L and T, like my name and my surname. That is special, indeed. It's so easy to remember. So we're going to jump in right now. Um, tell us, Leda, how did your coaching journey begin? Yeah, I don't find that an easy question because I think mm. what... Uh, um, what makes me think about is what do we call the beginning is it you know when someone decides that i'm going to study coaching and become a coach or does it start earlier mm -hmm. so if i look back um, i often share with people that when i was a kid i had this strange idea that if i could become a little bug yeah. uh, and okay. enter people's heads to understand you know how they think how they create their realities and i was very small when i had actually that idea so mm. i think if i look back i was quite curious of course then they taught me not to be curious anymore so i have to relearn it at some point but um, i think there are a couple of things also in my childhood mm. which really helps me to 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 even believe more in coaching and one is that um, I didn't have a particularly easy childhood and mm. and um, I think uh, I don't know how but actually at some point I got that idea that I just can't create a parallel world for myself and create dreams where mm. I can be whoever I want I can behave the way I want Mm. I can be surrounded by people I want to be surrounded. And funnily, you yeah. know, I created the dream for probably like six, seven years. So that was my holiday. Often I was kind of during the evening when I stopped my reality and I went to bed. I started to create uh, those ideas and those stories uh, until I fell asleep. So that was one thing which was interesting and funnily wow. enough many things came true maybe not exactly that way but even I mm. created my husband for myself and I created the <laughs> that I would be living in somewhere in the Nordic countries though I didn't mm. know much about them at that time so that was one um, then I also recall I just remembered it this morning that when I was 16 mm. um, I didn't have a good relationship with my mom and uh, one day I said, mom, we have to sit down and we have to discuss what's the relationship we want to have because it's not working wow. for us. Wow. And I think that's what I really believe coaching is about is how do we create those working relationships? 
So this is the non-official part. And the official part started probably in 2007 when um, I was um, studying um, um, psychology mm. and uh, I wanted to, to pick up a topic uh, to write my thesis about, which was comparing different things, but I couldn't really find books about them. I only okay. find, found one surname on the internet and uh, I got in touch with her and she said, oh, I don't know, I don't know any books, but please come to Ireland. We are going to have a, a summer school on psychology. And uh-huh. I said, yes, I'm coming. So that's when it started. I didn't know who she was. I didn't know where I'm going. Uh, the day before my, my trip, I understood that it's not just a flight to Dublin, but I will still have to travel about 300 uh, miles to that uh-huh. place. But um, that was the week when I got in touch with coaching. And after that week, I said, you know, I, I, I don't care what does it take, but I do want to, to study mm-hmm. it. Wow. You, you tell the story so beautifully. You know, it's, it's, it's the stories and, and the things that we create. Um, mm. Firstly, perhaps in our minds and then bringing that forward to life as we connect with the reality and it just sounded like that it was just coming out as though it was supposed to happen when it's supposed to happen yeah and we do create our reality (laughs) you know I, i do think that we just we all have our subjective realities and and partly the whole purpose of life is to understand more about the objective reality which surrounds us and which is probably quite beautiful Mm. so when you came about to find out this is it how was that initial years of that journey for you Mm. I commuted to Ireland that's where I studied Ah, it and um, I was flying there every month for for a week and then when I got my certificate, mm-hmm. um, I learned that there are only probably, I think at that time we were like four or five certif- certified, not credentialed, certified uh, coaches in Lithuania. Mm. And um, we gathered together. I knew a couple of those people. So I got to know the, the rest of them. Yeah. And um, we didn't know much about this world of coaching. We somehow figure out, figured out that there is an ICF. I think we even didn't understand in the beginning uh, how to create a coaching association because we created two. And, uh, and we thought that if you need to create a local organization, then you become an ICF organization. But then we figured out that this is not the way. Mm. So finally, finally, you know, so it was really learning, not just about coaching, but learning also about the world of ICF. And uh, we did create uh, an ICF and um, we had Mm. um, we had founders who were actually at the beginning, even not, you know, ICF uh, members or coaches, Mm. but just Mm. very, very fond about coaching. So that was one part of it because it was a kind of a romantic atmosphere that we were some enthusiasts who really believed in coaching and we practiced together and we had really big dreams. 
On the other hand, we had the reality where some people didn't know at all anything about coaching. This, this mm. was in 2007 or 8. Yeah. And, um, and some people were already very confused and frustrated because uh, some consultants, you know, reading, having read a couple of books about coaching, they taught what coaching is. So they taught the GROW model which was mind-blowing in the beginning and the managers went back to, to their workplace and instead of telling, they asked yeah. questions, but they learned that it's not working so well. It works in the beginning because it's different, yeah. but without listening, without really understanding how people function, without knowing that that's also a relationship and the mindset, they just said that this is not working. So they got very frustrated. And um, our job was to somehow, you know, create that good understanding about what coaching is. Organize conferences, mm. um, had lots of meetings. I think we, we attracted quite a lot of people in the beginning. And um, yeah, so... It's, it's really nice to look back. It, it was always a small chapter. Now, two years, two years ago, it started to grow even more. So that also says something that we went through quite a long journey. But um, I do look back with, um, um, I think, with some nostalgia and also with, with gratitude for yeah. those people with whom we started and who are still part of ICF. Some, some of these people went away. They are not coaches anymore. They do, don't mm. do that, but mm. we still keep in touch. Yeah. And um, I think today coaching in Lithuania has quite a good um, reputation. It's as though like that idea of yours when you were a child to get into the brain and and understand the different people has actually impacted people in Lithuania as well in the same way. Um, and that has grown and, and continued to this day. Um, you must be really proud of that. Yeah, I think, you know, I think I'm very grateful for having had the chance to be a pioneer because it's yeah. always important to go through that journey. Mm. I think there are some privileges because... Uh, uh, you understand, you know, the roots. And I think you ask very different questions when you get into a place which mm. is not yet fully explored mm. or it's not yeah. yet mature enough. And um, having gone through that journey, I think I have learned also so much about uh, ICF Global and I had the chance to meet a lot of people and consult with mm. them. Sometimes, you know, I, 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 we, we talked about geography at, at the beginning and, uh, and um, sometimes I think that probably there are not so many countries in the world where I wouldn't have uh, at least a coach whom I know, mm. maybe not an MCC coach, because yeah. we also talked that there are probably not so many MCC coaches, but there are people. Yeah. And um, I, I have a, actually, I remember the story. It was a couple of years ago, just before COVID. Um, I was uh, in a meeting. I worked with the bank and uh, we had a kind of a meeting. We talked about how our project is going and uh, we didn't finish on time. So the HR person said that, would you mind if I just invited my friend uh, 
from abroad to come in because she's not Lithuanian. We agreed that she comes here to 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 meet me, and we said, yeah, of course. Mm. And uh, she came in. We said hello to her. She said hello to us, and then she looked at me and she said, Leda, is this you? Yeah. And I was looking at her and I said, where do I know you from? Oh. And she said, we met in Brazil at an ICF meeting. Wow. A couple of years wow. before. So Small world. Just fascinating how, mm. you know, you can meet people in unexpected places. Mm. And if I were to get in into that memory bank and ask you if there was a brave moment in that journey which of that memory would come mm. out sometimes i ask my husband you know how he sees me and um, <laughs> because i think you know sometimes we are just in the situation and we don't really consider is this brave or not brave it's probably even if you have fears it's probably just the natural mm. next step to do it or just a choice an option but i asked also him you know does he see something as if i'm being brave or not and mm. and uh, um, from his perspective, he thinks that what's brave in me, and probably this is not brave for everyone, but uh, brave for me, that um, I do my own thinking. So I probably challenge conventional things, uh, probably in a very respectful way. I'm not uh, rebel in that sense that I go mm. against things, but um, I do have the tendency to challenge rules, challenge um, traditions, challenge something which we are not anymore questioning. And then I do my own thinking and go that way, even if that's difficult. Again, a couple of stories here, and they might sound just like very simple, but uh, mm. um, what, what's coming to my mind? So there was... Uh, one story, which was again at the beginning of my um, of my coaching career, when we didn't have so many coaches, I um, I got a project, and um, it was with a bank, and I had mm. like 123 clients, uh, all the managers from all levels, and wow. um, that was also interesting, and at some point also probably brave to go into that and be part of that the entanglement and uh, mm. stay professional and objective when they were just sharing with me, you know, person A was talking about how he got in conflict with person B and then person B was telling how he was in conflict with person A. Uh, so it was a very interesting project full of very different learnings. But I think there was um, at some point because we were with some colleagues, we were not experienced as entrepreneurs. And uh, we, I wasn't experienced as an entrepreneur at that time. So we got really good money for that project, but my colleagues spent that money very early. And uh, I still had scheduled sessions for one and a half year, but there was no money anymore to, to, to get paid. And uh, I just decided to go on with it, you mm. know, and for mm. one and a half year to 
to work without having been paid. Wow. And um, and and just you know honor the uh, project, honor the commitments we had. Um, again, you know, for some people it might be it would have been braver probably to leave it. But uh, I think in my case, it was going into that partly certain and partly uncertain situation because mm. uh, I didn't know what will happen when mm. I finish that project. How will I be able to make a living? Mm. Um, but I certainly don't regret it. That speaks a lot about your brave, actually. So thank you. Thank you. And you said, Mal, that I could ask questions as well. So. <laughs> What's your bravest story? That's curious. Thank you. Um, one brave little story that I have just, just came into my head was the time where there was this guy who came to Melbourne and that particular school that was learning coaching invited me because I was part of the alumni, right? So I went and... Here he was, uh, Sir John Whitmore, and I did not know who he was. <laughs> and so without that fear of knowing, right, of course I did Google a little bit before that. I'm like, oh, okay. So he's an author. Okay. And then he walked in into this event um, and I was the first to speak to him because, you know, it's really awkward when there is like, <gasps> oh gosh, someone's in the room and, and everyone's like looking but not approaching the person. Right? I just walked up straight to him and say, hey, John, welcome. <laughs> it's like it was my event. <laughs> and we got going and such a great conversation. Um, and then, you know, slowly people from different um, circles started to join this conversation. <laughs> so it's just, Hilarious, just being able to, I wouldn't even say being brave, I was just being myself, just doing what's right. A new person comes into the room and if they feel awkward, I'll make them feel comfortable. So I think that was one of that brave moment on hindsight. Yeah, I just, you know, wanted to make a remark. Thanks for sharing that and You're welcome. making the remark that that's, that's what I was referring to, that from the inside, you know, it's just following a thought pattern or following yeah. a choice. And uh, probably yeah. it sometimes looks very different to the people who are watching us from the outside. Mm. But mm. if I may ask, what was your impression? And you said you had a good conversation. What do you, what stands mm. out from that conversation? <laughs> I'll have to take back the mic right after this. <laughs> okay, I will pass it back. <laughs> just kidding. Um, I just love how John is, there's no air about John. You know, he just, he just talk about anything. And he was just practically asking me questions after a while, you know? <laughs> It's just like any good person would be having a conversation. They don't just 
wait for someone to ask them a question and then they are answering. And obviously he knows he's the guest of honor. I mean, he made me feel like he was really wanting to have a conversation with me. So I think that's the beauty of it. When there is no need to put on a certain way to carry yourself. I think that's just so honestly beautiful about it. Thanks for the question. And thanks for sharing because, you know, I think not many of us had the chance to meet him. So, you know, having those memories and sharing those memories about him who mm. is on our pedestal somewhere. Yeah, yeah. It's just amazing that he has been probably also a deep, deep and at the same time, simple human being. Absolutely. Um, and I think in that simplicity is where I ask you that question. What is that simple truths of yours that you've come to realize as a coach, right? Coming in yeah. and a master coach. Um, yeah, what are your simple truths? First of all, probably that truth is very temporary. It's probably something we are discover with continuous exploration and, and mm. questioning. Nice. I think it would be dangerous to say that I know the truth or we know the truth. We know sure. probably parts of that. And I think that's that's probably important of holding that concept lightly with the thinking that, yeah, I know. And it's important to know some of the truth, but at the same time, I don't know. Uh, and I think that's something which was important for me in my mm. journey. And I even mm. have a concept for that. I call it the positive or constructive skepticism that believing and disbelieving the client at the same nice. time, because I absolutely believe that they share their own subjective truth and they believe that mm. and no no questions about that so it's not like not believing that they are telling me the their truth at the yeah. moment but at the same time i disbelieve that that's everything that that's uh, that they have already learned everything and mm, discovered mm, everything mm. and um and you know, seeing that the client now and the greater client, the, who they can become simultaneously yeah. and holding yeah. this belief and disbelief, I think really helps to create a real relationship, um, trust, safety, but yeah. also keep the curiosity. And it's funny because um, skepticism has a negative meaning and actually skepticism is just a school of philosophy mm. which was all about you know understanding what's beyond our understanding and learning more about what we don't know mm. and that's why i call it the positive constructive skepticism and that has been very helpful for me that's one um, thank you on the same note you know we use words and language uh, sometimes in a superficial way because mm -hmm. we don't really go into the depths of what yeah. we mean by that yeah and we often talk about trust and often i think we think that trust is when there is no fear or when we keep 
the conversation live when actually mm. I think trust is a dynamic concept and you you give some trust but then you develop trust by having the courageous conversation mm. where mm. you don't always um, where not everything is comfortable and where you can make mistakes and correct the mistakes. But that's yeah. how we develop trust because that's how we learn what yeah. we can rely on and what we cannot rely on. And uh, I think that was a big learning for me that uh, good coaching is not about, you know, having a nice conversation, feeling good, but having also some anxiety and holding that anxiety because we are going into territories which are yet uncharted. Mm. and uh, you know we don't know what will happen it's that uncertainty and at the same time uh, at the same time a really good learning journey where we have shifts in the mindset and in the worldview they happen with confusion and frustration Mm. so how do we hold that space for the client where they can trust us as enough to to be okay with feeling frustrated and confused because a new uh, uh, view of world or a new, you know, um, attitude or a new insight is emerging there. Mm. And I have learned that through my own experience also that um, I'm being sometimes frustrated in coaching and not because my coach is not good, she's wonderful, but because... I am challenged and uh, I have to, it's, there is even a terminology in, in science, it's called the cognitive imbalance. So that's when, you know, my current worldview is challenged and something yes. new doesn't fit into it. So yeah. that reconciliation. So these are probably oh, some learnings. Wow. So good. Um, later, I hear what you just said and it's as though what you're saying is get comfortable with the discomfort because that is that journey towards not getting into a perfect state because we're constantly moving and reshaping and shifting and it's a continuous growing journey. Mm. I remembered um a thought from William Isaacs. He's, I think, a communication professor. And um, he said that there's a difference between thought and thinking. Very often thoughts are just memories. So we just reproduce something what we hold in our memory. Thinking is when you connect the things together or you come to a new thought and uh, that's a very different process in the brain and uh, it doesn't necessarily happen linearly Mm. probably it's preceded also by not knowing by some confusion by no searching for that and uh, I think that's fascinating I would say that uh, coaching is the art of the thinking and it's a it's a conversational art Uh, and I think the way how we are in that conversation with the client, Mm. uh, the way how we create that space, the trust, how we interact, how we use ourselves as coaches, 
that has a tremendous impact on the client. Yeah. So yeah. I would, my husband challenges me on that, but I would say that we do shape the client because, you know, even not having an impact on them is an impact, some kind of impact. And it's important. I mean, that's a, also a responsibility for mm. us as coaches, but that's the whole idea of coaching. It's having that, um, space where we don't know what will emerge but certainly our job is the question we need to hold is how can we create the most powerful and beautiful art together with the client mm. oh my and you are sparking my thinking with new thoughts as well so that is tremendous <laughs> can you share something <laughs> Yeah, um, it's like art, right? So the coachy is drawing something as we are talking. So it's kind of like they're doing it on the fly. It's like they have the thought of that vision. And yet that journey to that drawing is not ready yet it's not a hundred percent there it's like they're doing a tracing of something it's it's just movement right and through the conversation that movement becomes a little bit flowy and there are some structure in it as well because there are certain parts that need some structure and yet those are not determining that next future it has influences but it does not always need to be that linear way like this affects this and then this becomes this so that was going through my thoughts just now uh, any form of art has structure yeah but probably the best artists are able to use that structure in a way that it's not the structure what is most visible. <laughs> but it's what is created with the help of that structure. And I believe this about the conversation. You are right. I, I don't think a conversation or any good thinking is linear. Uh, and there is a structure which is necessary. That's why coaching is a profession. It's well-researched of what, uh, what's, what creates good thinking in a conversation. Uh, but how that becomes so inherent in a coaching conversation uh, that all the rest is more important and more visible while this is really present, while the whole structure and the rules of coaching are really present, but they don't dominate. Yeah. And it is as though like we're allowing this creativity, the space, the, the co-existing and co creating with each other to come together in this play that we are involved in sometimes sometimes i hear and i i mean i tend to ponder about it sometimes you know we say that uh the client has the responses we just need to drag them out and i'm not sure 
I'm not yeah. sure. I think there is already something. So clients certainly cannot even formulate questions around what they are not comprehending about themselves mm. yet. Mm. Mm. But I think coaching, because you said it's a co-creation, and I think it's really the collective intelligence. So having that conversation, there's something emerges. Yeah. What the client didn't know before and I didn't know before. I think that's back to the the thinking. It's that the collective intelligence yeah. of and the creativity of what what did we yeah. create together with the intelligences we mm. both had and mm. used in our own roles. Mm. Later, the um, the future, some say, is already here. The writing of the wall, the trends, the what, what we were going through as humanity together, even in these trying times. In your thoughts, what do you picture the world of coaching will be like? Yeah, that's very, it's a difficult question because um, future sometimes is unexpected. But sometimes I think about what, um, what might be and um, mm. uh, I kind of think about three scenarios they can happen simultaneously or separately mm -hmm. um, in a fragmented way but first of all I think and I hope that at some point uh, coaching won't be necessary okay. because we will all have the ability to listen to ask questions to be in a non-judgmental relationship yeah. with each other yeah. and um because coaching is nothing else than just a really good, respectful, philosophical conversation. And uh, I think we all could have those, uh, those skills and that kind of mindset. Yeah. So maybe at some point uh, we'll be completely unnecessary. And not because AI, AI takes yeah. over our job, but because yeah. people will have this, wow. this relationship. And I can see parts of mm. that. So I can see that during the last um, um, 10, 12 years, how the conversations have changed. Of course, you know, you can still see that some is not so deep and, you know, people ask more questions but they're still not listening so it's yeah. we are not yet there so yeah. we will still uh, need coaches second scenario which can happen at some point that um, people are so overloaded with information mm. that coaches might be needed to uh, support good critical thinking and organizing wow. sorting out choosing um, I struggle sometimes myself with you know making the right choices and not getting lost in all the right and fake information and science so <laughs> yeah. it's sparkling that clear thinking and mm. that's a question is it uh, will it be a human being who will be very helpful here or will it be an artificial intelligence i don't know yeah. i think i don't yet know well artificial intelligence i know too little about its capabilities the third scenario which i hope will happen also is how coaches can help to create a paradigm shift mm. 
So what we see now from uh, vertical development research that um, we have a much more mature society than we had like 10, 15 years ago. But we don't have so many adults, people who are able to um, think, you know, really in a very transformational way and cope with mm. all the paradoxes and polarities mm. which are happening. So I think at some point the question is, uh, what's, uh, what kind of society do we need mm. and how do we need to redesign it so that, you know, artificial intelligence and people can co-live, cohabit on this planet uh, and have a dignified good life i don't know the answers to that mm. but i know that that will not happen without good collaboration and good systemic thinking and it's mm. not easy to do that so coaches who know the art of listening and questioning how can we listen everywhere and support decision makers uh, and not only decision makers, all the people who have that intelligence, innovation, creativity, that all the knowledge, how can we support them to bring these together into, into a picture? But I'm not a futurist, so these are just my very my own thoughts and very unfinished yet. Mm. Well, first and foremost, thank you for sharing with us your your thoughts as it is coming. Because as, as we've talked about, it's, it's not about that whole finished ideals and ideologies. Um, it's the continuous working on it, thinking on it, um, linking it to the others out there. What I'm taking away, Leda, is um, I hear there is that whole language. Language often is used to separate people. Mm. But I think what you're talking about is a language that everyone will start being able to speak, that it becomes a uniting language. That's what I'm taking away as your first point. Right? Um, and, that's, and that's beautiful. Um, and then, of course, your, your third point is that whole paradigms um, and paradoxes. And if only there was more of the open conversations that we can have that will bring, at the end of the day, a deeper clarity, which is your second point, is that clarity, clarity, clarity. Because we are going through layers of that right now hmm. and that's what people are seeking for i think right. we all want to have a safe and dignified future mm. probably mm. and an interesting one <laughs> yeah definitely and you know later um there are coaches walking in even as we speak right now what will be your master wisdom for these ones coming in it will be a simple wisdom probably 
One is um, deep understanding of what coaching is, what's our role. I think there are too many biases around how the competency should be interpreted and what a coach does. Um, so have a deep understanding and that comes through practice. Also with experimenting. Sometimes nice. I tell to my students, you know, yeah, don't apply the competencies, just experiment, see what happens. And then they come back and say, oh, it doesn't work so well. <laughs> so, you know, having the courage probably to, to understand from different perspectives mm. and never compromise professionalism and personal integrity. Of course. The coaching journey is also not linear, but um, I th from my own experience, it did pay off staying professional professional yeah. doesn't mean perfect yeah we make mistakes i have made lots of mistakes and i'm still making probably i don't have perfect sessions perfect processes but uh, not compromising professionalism i think it's very very important for for the sake of the profession and also yeah. for our sake yeah. because if we have a well-respected profession yeah. then it will be good for us. Yeah. Mm. It's like um, we're holding the space and everyone's holding that space mm. until a day that we don't have to do that anymore because more and more and more and more people are holding that space. And having that beautiful conversation. And coaching doesn't exist anymore. Because it's just a conversation, a really good conversation. <laughs> and I know that, you know, there are, that's also the paradox that we are looking forward to that. But at the same time, we won't mm. be able to make a living from that. So, you know, it's also, there is a you know, paradigm shift needed. There is that shifts that um, there is happening, um, and even if we try to stop it, you know, it will happen with its own momentum. And I think that's that's what happens with the best of things in our world, isn't it? When yeah. people start believing in it, and they start not just believing in it, but being it, living it. I haven't said this ever before, Leda. But I would be happy at that point of time to just let it go because it's, it's become. <laughs> yeah, and probably there will be, you know, we can't think today of all the opportunities mm. uh, what will exist yeah. when we have those kind of conversations and relationships in the society. Yeah, yeah. So it's never a loss, it's lots of gains. Mm. Mm. And Lena, um, I often ask this as my final question in closing our wonderful um, conversation. What will be your powerful question that you want to leave behind to anyone watching the show? Mm. 
Uh, probably that's one of my weakest points in coaching. I'm not sure, you know, if it's easy to ask all these powerful questions. They come probably from deep listening and curiosity to the other uh, people. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think that there is, I will have three questions probably if I may. Uh, One is that sure. um, we have a bias around not asking why questions in coaching mm. and I think why questions are super, super useful questions yeah. and they take us into the heart of the matter. It depends how we ask and when we ask. The why not questions also. And uh, something I'm asking myself very often is, what am I not questioning though I really should? And probably that's the question I would, you know, ask the society and the people that what yeah. what are we not questioning because maybe it's so obvious maybe because we are so used to that well we really should because there would be a tremendous potential yeah. what are we not asking Ooh. <laughs> thanks for getting my mind there right now it's like oh so many things, so many things. Um, Leila, this is the time where I say, hey, um, please share with us some of your um, handles um, so that we can come in contact with you. Probably I'm not a social person in the sense that I'm quite uh, not okay. present and invisible on the social media, <laughs> but of course, uh, uh, I can be uh, I can be approached uh, on LinkedIn. I do yeah. have a LinkedIn profile. So if you just insert my name and surname, there are not there are few letters in the world, but uh, probably <laughs> I'm the only one leather to write uh, with MCC in the whole world. Um, so that's one option. Option. Um, I'm also on the Facebook. I every day spend about 10 minutes of checking uh, checking my friends on the Facebook but recently I have been quite inactive so I can be available there as well and um, yeah so probably LinkedIn is the best way to get in touch and uh, I'm not yet that mature or that creative to write so probably if you want my thoughts or or want to continue this conversation that I'm always available for good conversations in person and that's it it's a wrap this has been the 100 master coaches show together with Leda and myself Mel I'll catch you in the next one bye for now You have been watching the 100 Master Coaches series with your host, Coach Mel, MCC. Brought to you by Catalyst Coach. www.catalystcoach.live We will be right back with our next Master Coach on the 100 Master Coaches series.